What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Mac Talk Podcast. It's time to get into the November 2019 mailbag Q&A, answer the questions you guys submitted, and talk about all the things in the inbox and all the other kind of stuff that goes along with mailbag. You should know what that is by now. If you don't know, that's just questions and answers. It's pretty simple. We're not doing anything crazy here. Who are we? I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me as always are Robert D. Felice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Oh, I uh, forgot to unmute my mic for a second, but yes, that may. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We only did about like 6,000 in these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Happens to the best of us, the worst of us, all over, all over the place. Uh, hopefully all you all over the place are having fun. Uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, we appreciate that you guys are joining us here, listening to this podcast, and we invite you to uh, join in on the fun. Leave a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on, you know, your answers for these questions or your responses to our answers or anything else you want to chime in about. So if you are on the audio-only platforms like iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play or Spotify or Anchor or Podbean or any of the other kind of stuff, then leave a star rating or whatever it has over on those different platforms. Hop on over to YouTube, ring that little bell for the notifications, like the video, subscribe if you haven't done it already to the channel, and leave a comment below. Tell us anything you want to tell us. Unless it's something weird that we don't need to know. But let's get into... uh, Let's start off with Peter's questions. We've got a couple different ones here. Um, One of them being, speaking of the whole YouTube channel thing, will COPPA affect you? Uh, COPPA will affect everybody to a certain extent. And for those who don't know what COPPA is, it's, uh, this thing that's going around now, YouTube essentially had bypassed being part of this whole regulation about the internet. Um, I think it was like 1998 or so that they had created this thing called COPPA. And the, uh, the basic premise of it was it's illegal or at least morally not ethical to be able to advertise to children on the internet, which I'm pretty sure everybody kind of agrees. And that applies to cookies and it applies to tracking and, you know, everything that goes along with that. And for the longest time, YouTube got around this whole idea that they would need to follow those regulations because they circumvented it by saying you need to be 13 years or older to go on YouTube. Now they even created YouTube kids to be sort of like, all right, well, these things are going to follow that and we're not going to have to deal with any problems. Well, recently they had to pay, I think it was $150 million to uh, this whole thing because they just realized, you know what? No, if you are saying that YouTube is like the number one spot for kids on the internet, then you can't say it's not a kid's website, which makes perfect sense. So how did uh, YouTube respond with that? Well, they want to wash their hands off of everything, and I don't blame them for this either. I mean, it's kind of what I would do to a certain extent if I were running YouTube. They decided that they were going to make it a checks and balances system that depends on the actual channels. And every channel has this annoying message right now. Even if you've already clicked on what they ask you to do, it's just perpetually up there. So you have to say whether or not your channel is directed towards kids or if it's just not going to target kids as a demographic, or that you want to make sure that each video you can pick yes or no to. 
So I just went through and I just said, no, none of my channels are going to be directed towards kids. I don't have any content that should apply to, uh, to kids. But what they have here is a weird instance where um, their definition of what constitutes like kids material is so incredibly vague that almost anything could be. Like they have, you know, if it involves toys at all, if it's got bright colors, if there are people using words like cool, it's absolutely absurd. And the downside to it is that they will mess up your monetization. And if they want to make examples out of anybody and they want to sue anybody for any particular reasons, they think that they're like, trying to you know manipulate kids warp their minds you know all this other kind of stuff which by the way i thought it was funny that um matt pat from game theory had been talking to somebody from the uh the youtube spectrum and they said that the people that they are trying to explain some things to some of them don't have cell phones because that's too like modern for them so this is the type of people that are making laws about like the internet which is absolutely absurd but if they want to make an example out of you, they can charge you and sue you $42,000 per video. Essentially, they can make it to where you make no money. And if they want to, they can bankrupt you in one like lawsuit. You can just be like, all right, you've got like, I mean, I don't know how many videos I have on SmartCut Moment alone, but be you know you could if you wanted to say like well i've got a movie review about star wars and star wars is dedicated towards kids and whatever and the fact that i say curse words in my thing is some kind of a problem here's forty two thousand dollars for each of the movie reviews you did with star wars that's already like you know nine times that amount and stuff and obviously nobody has the fucking money for that so it's all insane but i am hoping at the very least that the fact that i've said like no i'm not targeting towards kids i've I'm cursing every single one of my videos. It's got no, you know, hey, look at me. I'm going to play with this, like, little kid's game, and I'm going to try to be all, like, cutesy or whatever. I'm hoping that it doesn't affect me, but if it ends up being, like, the adpocalypse or something like that, then you know what? I don't make any money on YouTube, really, as it is. The main source of revenue for me, as far as the podcast goes, is your Patreon uh, donations. So if something happens... By all means, everybody, I will continue to do the podcast on, like, iTunes and such, and uh, I'll just have to keep relying on that. So if you want to make sure that's the case, donate to the Patreon, whether it's a buck, five bucks, whatever it is that you have for your spare change that you can toss my way is greatly appreciated. And as I mentioned multiple different times, if every single person who subscribed to the YouTube channel donated one buck a month, which is really, it's 12 bucks a year. That would actually pay for an insane amount of upgrades to the podcast. You actually, it's absurd the amount of upgrades that I'd be able to do. So consider doing that. But then again, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. I don't want to make it seem like I'm doing this for money grubbing things. I appreciate even just the views. Any kind of support that you guys do is greatly appreciated. So keep that in mind. Uh, hey, you know what? While I'm plugging this, I'm already seven minutes into this whole thing. <laughs> uh, the Patreon is also a good place for you to check out for the Pick Your Poison tier. If you want us to do a specific 
thing and you know we haven't gotten around to doing it and you want to request that it's like man i really got want you guys to do that uh that mock draft of all time or i want you to do another time machine dream team or you know anything like that pick your poison as that tier and as i mentioned before i wanted to char- start doing the dark matches so i will work on that whenever i can probably sometime after at least after black friday when i can sort some things out and stuff like that and i'll let you know more about that but yeah so Cop is not going to affect you two guys, right? <laughs> well, if it affects you, it affects us. I'm sure somehow, or maybe it will affect me because maybe that's how Fightful gets its money or WrestleZone. So who knows? I'm appreciative of any regulation which makes it favorable for me to, for me to say the word "come" more regularly on the on YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not under kids, cunts. That's, there we go. <laughs> and now some uh, outdated executive's going to be like, I don't know, kids like salty language. <laughs> it really yeah. it struck me so interesting that their their ideas were like, you know, like the word cool being like, that must be a kid's video if you use the word cool. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, the kids is don't it, say cool anymore. Yeah. Is it's like on or that list as well? Like, <laughs> Be like, that's totally yeah. radical. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Imagine, like, if I was trying to be, like, you know, one of those, like, oh, I'm hip with the kids. It's lit, fam. Like, you know. Yeah, say dope or saying, yeah, this is dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This whole copper thing, I got a feeling that it's actually going to kind of get all stirred up and the big wigs that are going to actually be affected by this are going to make enough of a stink that things are going to change. Meanwhile, I'm just kind of sitting here going, like, Yay, YouTube said that I made like 10 cents on this. Yes. We're like, oh man, I got like an upgrade. I got that little arrow that points upward and it's a green arrow and it says I did more this month uh, for this one particular video than I did before. Now I got three cents. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, Peter asks also, what are you guys watching on Disney Plus? What do you want them to add to the app? He's watched. Muppets Office version, Recess, Sweet Life. He wants them to add uh, the Muppets, the Aladdin animated series, the Brian Daniels show, American Dragon, and Friday Night Smackdown. Friday Night Smackdown? How would that be? Oh, because Fox. Fox. Uh, But they're separate. Um, They they bought 20th Century Fox and all that stuff, but Fox became like its own entity for the TV side of things. So now it's like there's a crossover, but like it's not quite the same thing and all that. I don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't watched anything. I, I find that so hard to believe. I know you've told me that you weren't going to, but uh, I just don't get it. I'll, Cal, get, it, I'll get it when the MCU it. projects come in. I mean, once Falcon and Winter Soldier pops up, then I'll get it that month. It's not available for you, right, Kel? No, it's, it's, it won't be available until March in the UK. Yeah, so I'm watching uh, just about along the lines of what Peter said, you know, the the mid 2000s Disney shows, like I've been watching some even Stevens. It's fun seeing Shia LaBeouf, not insane, not insane. Um, I've been watching a lot of just like the random Disney animated shows, like Timon and Pumbaa. I've I've been loving the fact that I have access to early Simpsons at my disposal. Uh, the Imagineering documentary series is really really good. I I really enjoy that one. Uh, the Mandalorian, 
there's a lot of good shit on Disney Plus. It's really it's right up there with the network for me. I'm never getting rid of it. I think it's great. And yeah, it's worth your seven dollars. When it's available, are you gonna get it, Callum? More than likely. There's a lot of I, I watched a fair amount of uh, Disney movies in the past, so so I'd want to be able to just have free access to any of those that are available. I would like to catch up on just to see some, just to have a nostalgia fix with stuff like Recess and uh, a few other like cartoons that I used to watch. Maybe like Peter says, the Aladdin TV series. There was some fun additions of that, but likely I would watch those, get the reaction of, "Wow, this is not dated. This is not aged well," and then just move on from it. But just to get that like one cheap nostalgia pop, it would be worthwhile. And yeah, if it's got if it you get access to a lot of the the Star Wars stuff and anything else they have under their umbrella, then and the Simpsons obviously, then yeah, there's really I don't see it as being something that's not worth investing in. Yeah, it's it's impossible to think about how many things are actually underneath the umbrella. Some things have flown under my radar as far as what's not on there like i thought the aladdin series was on there i know for whatever reason the proud family right now isn't up there which i think is ridiculous but i know they're going to reboot that never even heard of that um i'm not surprised am i too old for it is that what it is (laughs) maybe because where about what how many years apart are we 10 well i'm 32 okay so we're only eight yeah so no, big difference. Maybe you Sometimes seen it. two years could be a big difference. One like Nickelodeon and stuff. Um, the Weekenders, I know that's coming, and I can't wait. The Lizzie McGuire reboot. I could go on and on. I'm very happy with Disney Plus. I did see a thing that people were saying that the uh, first, however many seasons of The Simpsons, the aspect ratio was all off. They like they, it. oh, they did. Okay, good, because that's just uh, you know. Plenty of things in the past weren't HD. They weren't widescreen. They didn't have that type of aspect ratio. You can't just zoom in. You got to have the stupid bars on the side. You just have to do that. It sucks, but, you know. Put the little black black bars, and eventually your eyes just adjust to it, you know. Or put the little things like WWE Network. Sometimes, uh, actually, I don't think it's on the network. I think it's on it's, YouTube. It was on the DVDs. Like, they would do the WWE HD. Yeah, it's, like, that stuff kind of... That. that stuff bugs me, but if you get the right border, it's not bad. But the black border is just like, just do that. It's fine. You know? But yeah, I'm not planning the only on thing getting I think... it until the MCU stuff comes in. And, to be honest, I might not even get it then. I might just download torrents <laughs> yeah. i mean i will one, legally find the revenues for this <clears throat> i was gonna say this one should be mandatory for you but you don't even pay for the network so <laughs> never mind <laughs> if i could figure out a way to not even pay for comcast i <laughs> mean the best let's be honest if i can figure out a way to not pay for anything in my life i will try to figure out a way to do that so now you're advertising why you're stealing money to kids. That's yeah, really see? You know, kids, if you want to figure out ways to curse, uh, you know, if you want to figure out ways to steal, lie, cheat, anything. Eddie Guerrero's a good source for that. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Do you like Root and Ziggler with Corbin? Uh, no. I'd rather have B team and be the Corbin's jesters thing. Um, you mentioned the the court jester thing before. I like uh Peter's court jesters thing, but you know if you're gonna have to put him with people that you can buy more into being like legitimate partners, then oh, okay with Ziggler and Root being there. It's a temporary thing. It's not gonna last all that long. But it just why waste time? That's all this is. It's a waste of time. Like you know, it's not going anywhere. You know that none of them are going anywhere. Why? Why waste your time? Yeah, essentially, it's three guys that aren't doing anything and won't become it, become anything. So just yeah, you know, guys, just just lump them all together and do nothing with them. They're the antagonists for Roman Reigns for the next four weeks, and that's about it. Yeah, they're essentially like playing the role of, I don't know, when Hulk Hogan used to fight, go between like Earthquake and Kamala and King Kong Bundy or whatever. Just they're the villain of the villain of the month only because of the way WWE's run currently. They just stay there once it's over and just fester for years and years on end. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what I hate it. I... <laughs> well, I mean, you know where you know what my position's been for the last few months, whatever. I I am so un unbelievably uninfused with WWE right now to a point which I did not even consider possible. And I, you know, do you like Rude and Ziggler and Corbin? No, I don't like Corbin. I don't like Rude, and I don't like Ziggler. So putting them all together <laughs> hasn't really helped my mood that much. I, I like. There was a time where I thought you can't miss with Bobby Rude. And they prove that you absolutely can, and you can continue to miss just for the fucking sake of missing. So, yeah, like, Ziggler's never going to be anything. I've accepted that. And I like Baron Corbin. I don't like that they have him in a king's outfit talking about testicles and feces, but whatever. That's just what WWE is. It's, I, I See, I don't, like I've kind of said before, I don't have a significant problem with Baron Corbin other than the fact that he's just been there for so long just doing nothing pretty much. Yes. Like he's he's always in pushed in like to a prominent position, but every big feud that he's ever been a part of, it just doesn't feel important or necessary or interesting. And so you kind of feel like he needs to go away for six months, be completely repackaged and come back. Because he's a good worker and he's a good talker, but if he just had if he just wasn't Baron Corbin anymore. Just like go away for six months, come back with a completely new character. Do then like Isaac Yank come to Kane kind of situation. Yeah, because yeah, because he has the fundamentals. He's he's good in the ring. He does have he, he can be a good talker, and he does get is able to ge- generate heat for himself. I'm just uh, his character is just so stale. But the Baron Corbin name is just so stale at this point because he's literally become. Oh, every time you look at him and the words come out of his mouth, you go, oh, that was a Vinceism. Oh, that's, this is like, he's got Vince tropes all over him, you know? Yeah, yeah, essentially. And I know not everyone agrees with this, but but I just get the sentiment of whenever he's on screen, it's my cue to switch off. Should he come back as football, Tom? He can come back as anything. Like, as, <laughs> like, like, as long as it's just not not what he's become essentially which is just you know the guy that we will occasionally turn to for a main event push which isn't going to really go anywhere and then he'll just go back to the mid card 
it's, it's like there's it's he's not the only one there's a lot of people that are suffering from that issue with the fact that they're just so overexposed and they do so little with them that's really any interest or has got any sort of bite to it that they just become stale by even if they do start to like, have some good matches or get some momentum behind them you're still kind of in the back of your mind thinking yeah but it's baron corbin or yeah it's Dolph Ziggler, or yeah it's bobby lashley or whatever just like you know you just you just immediately associate in your head is like yeah this isn't gonna matter or they won't do anything with it and that is the exact problem you can tell me all day oh but but ziggler is so good in the ring and he's a two-time world champion and like a 20-time intercontinental champion but it's ziggler and it's november and you have booked yourself so formulaically that we know that this won't matter by the time we're talking about WrestleMania, so nobody cares. That's yeah, their own fault. Essentially, this is this year's version of the Corbin McIntyre, Bobby Lashley yeah. thing they had basically this around about the same time last year. Well, actually, it's more it's more Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre that was around about this time last year until they turned Strowman back. It's a bad mashup of both of them. I think it's all right. It's just not <laughs> offensive. It's just like that's just a thing. It's but I not think gonna matter. Not, you're more numb to the point where you you're not as passionately against it as we are. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, well, what's the alternative? Ziggler and Rude wrestle a pointless tag team match, and Corbin's not there. No, the fucking alternative is you get people who know what they're doing with the talents they have, and you put Rude in a high-level singles position because he's done so much in the industry. And Ziggler, shit or get off the pot. Like, Yeah, but if we're talking, you know, fantasy booking where people know how to do their jobs and stuff, <laughs> then it's a different story. Do we have any AAW questions this week? If uh, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, how's our psycho? It'd be a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. When Seth Rollins mentioned his bank account, everyone said that was a dick move. When when Renee Young says she's making that Fox money, no one says anything. Why are they both? Uh, why when they're both talking about money? Because uh, Renee reasons. Young's being playful, and Seth Rollins was trying to be a shit disturber. And yeah, it's, it's context is the key. Yeah, that that's thing. that's a big thing. Obviously, Renee Young is a likable person, and she said it in a in a jovial way to just like just to talk about the situation whereas seth rollins specifically mentioned his bank account in order to essentially do who's got a bigger bigger dick comp uh, competition with will osprey yeah and so that's what that's why he was abused for it it's also a matter of seth rollins is sort of the figurehead of the company so if people want to go against wwe going against seth rollins is a way to vent their frustrations in another way like that it's just like, you know, if Renee would have been saying that as like, oh my God, WWE is the best thing and fuck everybody else and like all the same kind of connotations, yep. then mm. people would have been jumping down her throat too. Yeah, if she was talking about like how she's getting that Fox money that Charlie Crusoe isn't or something like that, then... And it's, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 it's whoa, like, what, you... whoa, what are you being a bitch for? <laughs> like yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. yeah whereas Sephora's just saying like, just because... Obviously, Will Ospreay was being presented as one of the top wrestlers in the world, and Seth Rollins took umbrage with the idea because Seth Rollins basically is entire. That's why the thing on uh, Monday Night Raw was so effective because he's essentially he hasn't turned heel; he's just become his Twitter persona on TV. <laughs> so, yeah, 
that's why he's so inherently unlikable on that platform. So there's something about that platform that just brings out the worst in him, in which which is actually it brings out the worst in most people, if we're being yep. honest. Yeah, Twitter's uh, Twitter shit. Social media is shit. Yeah, people are shit. We talked about this it should, before. It should be yeah, called shit or instead Monday with the fucking Maranello shit. Just like yeah. stop being a douche on social media. Which, uh, beginning of After the Bell, Corey Graves puts out a somewhat of an apology about it. It was yeah, a, pretty... It seems like the it, type of apology that it's like, well, I guess I should apologize, but I don't really want to apologize. Yeah, meanwhile, Maranello would not be calling this week's episode of NXT. Yeah, that's... So, like, the fact that he did apologize and very clearly said, I didn't mean to, you know, stress him out. It worries me because it makes me think, oh, the comments did hit him hard and he probably had. And, well, like, I mean, I know you guys obviously talk about it. And I don't want to like extend too far beyond it, but just the idea of it's not just him making the comments and it's just a colleague making a comment about another colleague. Him making those co- comments encourages Corey Graves' followers to essentially attack Mara Ranallo's Twitter profile. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, Mary, shut up and let Beth and Nigel get a word in. Like I said, I had comments on the um, on the review that we did about. Um, I thought that Marinello was a little over top with some of his references. Yeah, and I think we have we've we've have said that stuff before. But at the end of the day, we're just a crappy little podcast, just just referencing this sort of stuff. It's just like we we're not meaning anything. Like I appreciate the fact that Marinello is a great commentator. He does say a lot of references that often go over my head. And um, but we're not when it's somebody who's work not even like just working at the same company as you, but working in the same job role as you are, essentially. That's yeah, appear. If they're saying that sort of stuff, like commentators will say whatever they want about it and then like just whether it's on social media or through podcasts or through other platforms, like, yeah, you can take you can even take that criticism or that feedback and do whatever or you can ignore it but when it's somebody who's working in the same company as you it just hits home a little bit harder especially if that person has a pre-devoted following of his own who will also then take that stuff and turn it against that person as well the point is not everything needs to be public yeah just just send him a message like if you wanted to do that just send him a message saying i think you were a little bit like over either over enthusiastic or just words saying a little bit too much and Beth and Nigel didn't really get to say too much. You don't have to post it on a public forum, but that's what as Tony would say, like this is what social media has done to people. It's made it feel like everybody's opinion has to be out in the open for millions of people to see. If I didn't say it on social media, it didn't actually happen. Mm. Pixar it didn't happen. Yeah, social media just makes, uh, I mean, it's great for a lot of things. That's the good thing. But like anything else in life, uh, something that could be made to upgrade the great stuff can also upgrade the bad stuff. And that level of anonymity and just kind of the <clears throat> the overall like culture that it fosters is just like, it's just shitty. That's why it's always good to keep in mind that even when like you're comparing yourself to the way that people post on Facebook and whatever, you got to keep in mind that people are posting things that they're not posting all the time about all the crap that they're going through. They're posting, here's a, an image of me that's the best out of the 15 pictures that I took. So no wonder sure. they look better in that one. Or 
you know, if you, uh, God, if you check the comment section on anything and it's like, even just on the comments for wrestling articles, the amount of people that'll just be like, oh my God, I wish that you would die and burn in hell. And it's like, do you Mango, really? you fruit. Yeah, it's like, do do you really wish that upon somebody because they said that like, uh, I don't know, like Kevin Owens should win a match against somebody or something, you know, where it's just like, if you're really that messed up, then you're the type of person who's standing in line at Walmart just going like, I fucking hate birds. And you're just like, ah, oh, it's one of those Walmart people. Like, you know, it's, if you're crazy, you're crazy. Yeah. And get out of the line. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Rachel's questions. Uh, who, in your mind, who, in your opinion, came up with the idea of having a Royal Rumble match involving the women? Was it Triple H or Stephanie? Uh, I think that it was just one of those things that, like, this should have been a conversation a long time ago. And they just sort of probably came around to it every year and said, eh, we're going to do a women's one. And eventually they were like, yeah. I don't think it was like one person championing the concept. No, I, I imagine that if it was one, if it was like a couple, a group of people championing it, it would be the same people that were championing all of the stuff involving that the women have been able to, I don't want to say get access to, but have become, once they become more prominent in TV as quote unquote wrestlers, you get to, that's essentially been, as far as we know, it's st- stuff that's been pushed forward by Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Finn like William Regal, Finlay in the past. Yeah. So it's probably just a, a collection of those groups always putting those ideas forward, probably for over the course of several years, and they finally break through. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Women's wrestling wouldn't exist without Stephanie. Yeah, I know. It wasn't invented <laughs> at that point. That's why they couldn't have done a Royal Rumble beforehand, because women's wrestling didn't exist before uh, 2015. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, this was a collective thought. I Here's the truth. Hunter and Stephanie saw the success and popularity of Ronda Rousey and they said, cool, now we can do that with our women. Mm. And they went on and did that with their women. And I think they did it better. I don't necessarily say they did it better. They didn't, because I don't think they've made a single one of their wrestlers a bigger deal than Ronda Rousey was at her peak. That's because wrestling isn't a bigger deal right now than UFC was when Ronda was at her peak. No, that, I mean, that's a fair point, but I also think it's due to the fact that they're really inept creatively and they can't really get anybody over. I mean, it's true, but if we're just telling the truth here... Yeah. Well, Rachel they asks about get... that as well. It says, uh, why did the likes of Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Charlotte Flair become so popular with the fans? Was it because they weren't models and the WWE Universe got tired of the models being pushed? I mean, I it the... it's like, we we know that they are for the people that have gotten over the most over the, these past bunch of years, them and the Bella twins probably are the top, but why necessarily? And to me, it's a kind of combination of things. It's not necessarily that they were like, let's push this. And they just went ahead and did it. Generally, I think it's, I don't, again, I don't want to make it sound like any, in any way demeaning or anything like that, but maybe it was just shock value with the fact that, Oh my! For a lot of people, thinking, "Oh my God, women can wrestle!" After so many years in WWE of women just being three-minute matches with sloppy spots and mainly being there just to be eye candy, mm-hmm. like like it was. I said for a long time it was just Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and then everyone else. Yep. Yeah, and, and as good as some of those people were for what they were going for, like Maurice, 
is obviously gorgeous, and she could play a bitchy character, but I don't think anybody's going to be like, you know what, if I got to pick my 100 favorite wrestlers of all time and, you know, stick it to, like, an in-ring caliber type thing, Maurice is up there, like, it's just not the way that things were. And the environment of NXT being, especially at the early stages, a very, very, like, indie environment, it allows for that more, a deeper interaction with things and people are more forgiving, more accepting than they are on a grand stage, like on the WWE main roster. Oh, that's the rebellious this? type of thing too. Like if you're mm-hmm. not on the main roster, people are more willing to be like, Oh, this is like the, uh, I liked it before it was cool type vibe. Yeah. You know, everybody does that with the, you know, I'm going to push this guy because I want this guy to get a push. And once he gets a push, well, I don't like him anymore. Look at, so with, look at Seth Rollins. Yeah. Great example. Even at the beginning of the year, people were like, let's go with Seth Rollins. He's going to be the thing and whatever. Then he's the champion. People are just like, I'm sick of this fucking guy. And with Becky and Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte, like the four horsewomen weren't packaged at the beginning of this as the four horsewomen. They weren't pushed from WWE management as being like, here's this pet project in NXT that we want to get over. They just got over and that's that they had the match quality to be able to get over like Bailey and Sasha at takeover is still one of the better matches that year. And they were different from some of the other people at the time at the right time too, because you know, this is, as we mentioned on the hot tags and stuff, this is like the woke culture. This is the, let's stand up for, um, people that haven't gotten their chances before time frame. This is the type where people are very militantly like, let's push for change. So, you know, if Melina would have been first just coming into WWE around the same time frame, who's to say Melina wouldn't be the top one, you know? I think that you get people who are talented and in the right place at the right time. Mickey James, for instance. Mickey James was kicking ass in a time frame where nobody wanted to give a shit. And if she were to be just starting into it now, like Mickey would be fucking killing it, you know? So they weren't models, but they were still good looking enough that the people weren't just sort of like, Oh my God, now they got rid of the models. Now none of them are good looking. You know what I mean? So they were a right balance between a lot of different things. Have you guys seen this weird, like all of a sudden, the Divas era is start. People are starting to be very nostalgic for like Divas style of wrestling. That's because that's different now. They've been beaten over their head for the past bunch of years about the women's revolution and women's evolution and all that. So now people are like, oh, I'm sick of that. Let's go into the whole used to be better when it was this. And I I think it's a mixture. It's a it's a mixture of stuff. It's a mixture of the fact that they have been beaten over the head with this women revolution idea, and so maybe think people are going back thinking that the diva stuff wasn't so bad, or thinking that people are always nostalgic for stuff that they looked at in their childhood or when they were growing up with wrestling, and thinking that that was the right way of doing it. And that's common across basically all types of things. Like the wrestling you watch as a child is probably in most people's eyes is better than the wrestling nowadays. But uh, and then there's also just the factor of there's tons of people online who are pretty sexist and disgusting people that just want to see women like on their TV and wrestling 
parading around in lingerie rather than wrestling with each other. Yeah, there's definitely some people that are just pissed that yeah. it's not... Uh... It's not models in like doing bikini content tests and yeah. just gra- rolling around in the ring on top of the referee for two or three minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a combination of a lot of different factors. The popularity and the unpopularity, I guess mm. <laughs> you could say. Um, That's Rachel's questions. Let's go to Howard. If you could pick a table for three from legendary wrestlers who have passed away, whether it be male or female, who would you like to pick a Wait, who would you pick to strike conversations with on the show? Um, this is weird because I I don't know exactly, and and if you wanted it a different way, Howard, then leave a comment below and um, tell me if I'm interpreting this the wrong way. But if it's a matter of who would you pick a convers uh strike a conversation with, meaning that I'm one of the three, then as far as people who have passed away. I gotta say, Owen Hart and Chris Benoit. So I took it as three people who are no longer there to make a table for three, and I did Benoit, Owen Hart, and Brian Pillman. Because there's a thread there. I don't know who I would go with for a third person. Brian Pillman makes sense, though. But I'm gonna elaborate more on that. Uh, Callum, who are your picks? Well, I found it difficult with just thinking about wrestlers that had passed away because i thought immediately what one that struck sprung to mind was i had to have randy savage on it yeah it's another one that was in the, in the but for me. the more interesting ones to me would be if randy savage was on there with hulk hogan and Vincent man mm-hmm. or with hulk hogan and miss elizabeth just because of how <laughs> that would be the most awkward dinner in history but obviously hulk hogan's still alive at time of recording <laughs> and uh, so I, I don't think four eleven PM. Yeah, so I, uh, I couldn't have got involved with that one, but maybe something like Randy Savage, um, Roddy Piper, and someone else from that kind of like at the uh, the golden generation. I'm trying to think. Maybe Andre. Just get those three together to talk about what what was going on behind the scenes that thing at that point in time that might be an interesting conversation to have see that's where a lot of this kind of comes into play is do you get time for them to actually like catch up on stuff or is it just sort of like they they pop in there and you're talking because if you could fill them in and they can like watch things and they can kind of sort of have like a uh, an omnipresence about everything then, like, imagine getting Andre's opinion about how big men have evolved over the years. Because he didn't really get to see, like, Undertaker, you know? He got to see, like, you know, me and Mark and that kind of stuff. But, like, he didn't get to see Undertaker from WrestleMania 25 fighting Shawn Michaels or Kane doing his things. And now you look like a Keith Lee Exactly, yeah. like a Braun Strowman type, you know, the big show, even just the idea that it's like this guy's supposed to be my son and he's give credit where it's due. Big show is a fucking great athlete and the, he was doing drop kicks and shit back in the day. Like that so was, was interesting. Oh, he yeah. was doing it better. <laughs> but like 
you know, that would be really interesting. And, you know, you brought up Miss Elizabeth and um, Randy Savage and that whole uh, setup, like, try to get their opinion about that and where did their relationship go and ask Randy, like, yeah, you're in the Hall of Fame now. Like, what do you think? You know, and I'd hate imagine... to like, well, just have just have Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, whoever the third person in that uh, on that in that meal would be, would probably feel pretty uh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. be awful. We've got somebody who has nothing to do with any of them. It's just like yeah, it's just Randy um, Savage and Miss Elizabeth and and like doink (laughs) yeah something no yeah. But uh, like imagine talking to to Owen Hart and being like, so this is what happened. Like this is what's been going on over the years. This is the controversy that came out of this. This is whatever. But shit, imagine talking to Chris Benoit, like. Good lord, would that be scary and yeah. like? Well, I th- I almost feel that's beyond the remit of table for free. It's yeah. like <laughs> it's like the salad like, is delicious. So you murdered your family. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I wouldn't go with people like with the Ben thing. Ben thing is just an awful tragedy all around, and so is the Owen Hart thing. I just don't. Fi- I feel they're too weighty. I'd rather, um, obviously. Any any death is a tragedy, but ones that had had something which wasn't so closely related to murder or wrestling related deaths would probably be top of my priority of thinking who am I going to book on this, uh, like list of passed away wrestlers. Well, even if they didn't have to be passed away, uh, if you could pick any three people for a table for three, who would you pick? Hmm. I'd love to see Vince, Vince Russo, and Eric Bischoff. It would be funny to see. See, I, I've, I worry about that one just because there would be just a bunch of people just lying essentially the entire time. I don't imagine like there would be you. You would get much out of it. It would be. It'd probably be fun to watch, but I just don't know whether you'd get anything out of it. I think you need to have people that are a bit more like. Even on a, on a more friendly level now, so I'd be fine with someone like um, if it was Vince Heyman, and see, I would say Bischoff, but obviously that that's become a bit more acrimonious in recent months. So if it was Vince Heyman and Triple H, maybe I would have Vince McMahon sit between Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels, and let's just let's let that happen. Let's just see what people say and what memories come to mind you know vince uh briscoe and patterson would be fun that'd be hilarious oh that'd be a good one yeah man so they, 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 they really them. haven't tapped into table for three as much as they should yeah i think the thing that i would i think they should push more with table three is that it's more of a fun free environment than some like of the more like when you've got like the stone cold podcast or anything along those lines that can be a bit more hard hitting or delving into deeper topics. This should just be a fun show where you just talk about stories from the road more than anything else, really. You know how we were talking before about the idea of like the time machine dream team of the mascots. Like now they had like the big dog and all that. (laughs) What if they did a table for three of that? (laughs) They had the gobbledygooker, the big dog and the swagger soaring Eagle or something. And they just had them and, you know, it's just like, and they're not allowed to take their costumes off. Yeah. (laughs) 
They have to do it in character. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. just the entire. It's like a thirty-minute episode of just the big dog barking and the soaring eagle well, just. <laughs> they, they got away with uh, three hours of boogeyman. The boogeyman. <laughs> That's true. Where he's playing with fucking action figures and. Yeah. I love chips, lace chips. <laughs> Another question from Howard, uh, Mary Fuck Hill of Randy Savage's former managers, Miss Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, and Gorgeous George. Uh, Marry Miss Elizabeth, Fuck Gorgeous George, Kill Sensational Sherry. I'm marrying Elizabeth, killing Gorgeous George, and fucking Sensational Sherry. It's also an acceptable answer. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd probably go lean more towards Rob's. Uh, answer yes, yeah, so but I don't know about see the character Miss Elizabeth is the one that you want to marry. Yeah, I'm no, not definitely. so sure about. I'm not so right. sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure about the person like the person behind the character because she seemed a bit. She's a bit vanilla. Is probably how I best describe her character. That's why I'm going characters here because it's mm-hmm. like I mean with gorgeous George like it, for the fuck option it's basically just who's. Yeah. somebody good looking and whatever but like sensational sherry's character like no way i'm marrying her <laughs> you know no that, no that's true so yeah probably marry miss elizabeth uh fuck sensational sherry and kill gorge george uh, people themselves like i don't know stephanie bellers i don't have a clue what she's up to i know she did some porn so that's why i was just like oh know, fuck option <laughs> Again, drop your comments below. Tell us your thoughts on this uh, Mary Fuck Kills and stuff. And if you want us to do more of those, uh, we add that as part of the uh, play the game. So, what better dead? Yeah, kids. Our variation of that. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> target towards <laughs> that demographic, I guess. I don't know. Um, I mentioned the Patreon before, so I'm not going to plug that again. But, uh, yeah. I will t- talk about a plug right uh, now, though. Why the hell not? Uh, merchandise shops. Public and Redbubble. You know. Black Friday's coming up in two days, so if you want to take advantage of that, all the shops are on sale right now, so hit up uh, Tee Public and Redbubble for Fanboys Anonymous, for A Mango Tees, and for Smart Guy Moment, if you want to pick up a t-shirt or any other, other kind of different stuff. There's like a thousand different varieties of different things, so, you know, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, let's go to Emilio, and... First question here. <laughs> I just saw the thing in the chat. <laughs> no, yeah, don't say that out loud. <laughs> that's, that's some behind the scenes uh, humor yep. that's just going on right there. Yep, Never yep. ever going to make it to air. <laughs> uh, let's go to Emilio's questions. If you could create a female faction from the existing women on the roster from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, who would you choose and what would you call this faction? I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't name my faction because I didn't really think that I had any real good ideas, but uh, I mostly drew a blank for this. I think that most people are better off on their own. But I would say there's a couple different pairings that I wouldn't mind seeing. Some of them more tag teams than factions. I still think Ember Moon and Caden Carter could be a good tag team, especially when Caden Carter was doing a little bit more of like the same sort of entrance as Ember Moon. Um, but Ember Moon... And Alexa Bliss are really good friends. And I think that Ember Moon needs a gimmick change. I don't dig the, like, what was it, the She-Wolf? She-Nom. She-Nom, yeah. Even that, like, I I don't like it. I don't think that she comes off as genuine. I think she wants to play a character that doesn't suit her. 
Whereas Ember Moon on like up, up, down, down, she's bright and lively and quirky and not that she has to be like that type of character, but you know, with the best characters tend to be the ones where it's more of themselves and they just kind of make some little tweaks. And I feel like she's putting on a gimmick that doesn't fit her. But if you pair her with Alexa Bliss, I think that that could actually work. And I don't know about like a third person that would put in there. So that's really tough. But another idea I had was if you want to get away from the Riot Squad, because I don't like the Riot Squad, maybe pair up Ruby Riot with Shotzi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley and do some kind of like, you know, we're all like the punk chick type thing. No idea what the hell you call it, though. You can't call it Riot Squad. And I have terrible ideas, I think. I don't like them all. What about you guys? Got any ideas for factions for the women's division? I immediately thought you pair Becky Lynch as the head of the faction. You put Rhea Ripley in there. You put Tegan Knox in there. And you put Tony Sturm in there. I don't know what you call it because I couldn't be bothered to think of a name. But I think those four would be almost like uh, almost like the horsemen, how they were all good in their own way. And they come together and they could really kick ass. Uh, in terms of just a jokey tag team, I thought of putting Maria Canellis and Lana together and calling them the, the Cut Queens. Oh, God. <laughs> like, but, so, yeah. Somebody's listening and they're going to do that now, Carolyn. Thank you. Uh, can't be any worse. And then. But the one that I kind of, the, the people I thought would pair up well together in a bigger faction would be Shayna Baszler on top, on the, like, as the head of the faction with Jazzy Gabbert, Sonya Deville, and Ruby Bryant. And then they could, I, I didn't really think of too much of a name. I thought something that would maybe connected to, the, like, the gunman of the apocalypse, something to that effect, maybe just calling them apocalypse or something something but just four really like badass vindictive women that will essentially run roughshod over the entire division i think it would be better than the current horsewoman thing because i just don't think that marina shafir and jasmine duke are progressing quickly enough or so, at all or at all <laughs> and that i mean i mean they they basically don't have any matches on tv and that can only be due to the fact that they clearly don't have confidence that they'll put on good matches so pairing Shayna Baszler up with pre, like established, talented wrestlers would probably be a bit more of a a step in the right direction for her. If you could be a fly in the wall for a rumored WWE story like the Saudi Arabia situation, Sasha Banks' supposed meltdown at Mania, Brock Lesnar throwing the Universal Belt at Vince, just to name a few, which one would you choose? I. I would want to be a part of the Saudi Arabia thing if I could not be in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I don't want to go there and be a fly in the wall. So I think I'd pick the plane ride from hell. See, I didn't know whether to go with that because it's not it's not rumored, it's confirmed. But it, I'd be like actually be able to watch that go down. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, that'd be fun too. I kind of wanted to go with the idea of... Um... You know that, that story that made the rounds of the guy that suggested what Heidenreich's character would originally be? Of him no. being... Well, essentially, the somebody presented an idea to like a writer that didn't last too much longer beyond this, but suggested to like Vince and Paul Heyman, 
I would also add to the point here that uh, Paul Heyman is Jewish, very much so. Uh, that Heidenreich's oh character should be a cryogenically frozen Nazi brought back to life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Vince Man, Vince Man was dumbfounded and speechless and just walked out of the room completely silently because he was so offended with what had been heard. And this is Vincent Mann we're talking about here. The man who was on multiple occasions tried to push an incest storyline on TV. Right. Just being completely I would just like to see that moment where just Vince just his mind just exploded of how terrible an idea it was. You think he was fired on the spot? Just like... No, I, apparently, because I've I've heard the story from the guy himself that apparently suggested the idea. So, like, because he's written about it online. So, apparently, he did last a couple more weeks beyond that, but that was pretty much the the death knell for his career. Also, I'd like to be part of that um uh the CM Punk conversation before he left. Like apparently, yeah. where he talks about in the uh, podcast of him meeting with Triple H and Vince before that episode of Raw, and just saying that he's out of here, just see how it all like really went down. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in uh, December to December two thousand six when Vince and Paul just apparently had this huge fight, and Paul doesn't think he's coming back. I'd also like to be the one to tell certain people like CM Punk, like Paul Heyman, or even like Lesnar when he walks out in 04. Like, yeah, not only are you coming back, but you're going to be there for damn near a decade, you know? Well, you're a fly on the wall. You'd be going... <laughs> yeah. Vince probably crushes flies and puts them in his protein shakes. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Montreal screw job is another thing with all the rumors going around it. It would it, it would be at least good to kind of just have complete confirmation about what exactly the events transpired and that thing. Yeah, because everybody's got a different story. Yeah, I, multiple people are like, I was the one that brought it up about why don't we screw Brett? It's like, well, you couldn't have all been the first person to bring up that idea. You'd want to be in the hotel room when uh, like the story that talks about how it was like Vince and... Patterson and Briscoe and Michaels and Triple H all in the room discussing it. Just to just to see what their overall plan was. I'd also like to be a fly on the wall in the room when the click asks Vince, Hey, do you mind if we do this thing? And he's just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then it becomes this big, Oh my god, can you believe that they did that? What, what if you were a fly in the hall when uh, people took a shit in their bags and stuff? <laughs> like the uh, the shit sandwich or something. Fly in the wall in that situation. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would want to be because as a fly, I'd likely be attracted to the shit. Well, wouldn't wouldn't it be like you know, best of both worlds if you were a fly? <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, oh, I get to see this wrestling history thing and ah. Oh, Nice meal. I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you took this question and thought about the fly's perspective in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks about the fly in the fly in the wall situation. Yeah, well, yeah. Poor little fly. Uh, do you think it would be better to have a women's mid-card title rather than tag titles? Nope. Not right nope. now. Roster's not deep enough yet. Yeah. Need- when you merge the brands again, because it's going oh, yeah. to happen at some point, then... Yeah, then then I think that they should have both. 
I think women's main title, women's mid card title, women's tag title. Right yeah, now, that's so weird. Like, how do you define what is it? Just the the women's intercontinental championship? Oh, depending on what they do with the men's at that time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you would call it just yet, but I'm sure I'm sure they could come with something which is just, or it's maybe the Evolution Championship. Yeah, they could do something like that. I've always but, liked but then the name, take... like the oh, Grand yeah. Championship, or some kind of thing that also seems like it's prestigious, without being like territorial based. You know, I I don't like the whole like United States title and all that stuff, but like I don't know the you can't call it like the triple crown champion because that doesn't make any sense or something like that but like something that just makes it seem like it's regal the prestige championship or something like that you know i do feel like like you say when the brands mids they do need the mid card title because there's just so many women on the roster that just don't seem to ever be doing anything meaningful yeah like there's like we talked about before about like the the four horse women at the top and all that other stuff they're pretty much always the people just fighting for the title, the main titles. There's really, it's very rare that you see someone from under that elite group getting into, like the main championship picture. Yeah, but, there's no but, reason for a a woman's mid card title. I think if you merge them, the tag team title will become much better, and the the singles division for the women would be great too especially because if you do have one roster then you don't have to worry about the tag title situation being an issue where one person's on one brand and then you can't tag them up it would just be like let's everybody's all on the same thing anybody can be a tag team partner with anybody some there's some major benefits to the brand split but there's some major drawbacks as well uh oh here's an AEW one does anyone think that AEW's women's division is dry? They haven't had a match yet. That's impressed me. I very... Yeah, did you listen to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I very much agree. I am very underwhelmed with AEW's women's division. I don't think I've... that there's pretty much a single person that stands out to me as being like, oh my god, this person's great. It's, it's, it's probably their biggest area of concern. Especially when you try and compare it with NXT's women's division, which is at a standard, yeah, is at a standard that I don't think any roster in WWE or AEW can match. And yeah, just I, I don't say like none of them have impressed me. Like I like uh, Yuka Sakazaki. I think that she has a lot of character and effervescence about her. After that, uh, after Full Gear, I've become more a fan of Emi Sakura. I think Hikaru Shida has a lot about her as well, but. There's issues with Britt Baker being too green at this point in time to really st- like be a top draw for the division. Uh, B Priestley is good, but maybe is like needs to develop a little bit more. You've got pe- people that are there that are like good, but just don't have either haven't had the character development yet or don't have the standout matches that we are kind of hoping for at this point in time. They're really trying to be a one-trick pony right now. I don't care what anyone says. They're like, oh, we had the Joshi in America. Isn't that cool? And I think you need a little bit more than that. Let's go to Michael's questions. 
Have you ever gotten a wrestling-related Christmas gift that you remember being happy to receive? Please expound beyond yes or no. <laughs> wow. I was very tempted to just say, yep, yes. I did. <laughs> and to be like, oh, that's more than yes. Um, I don't remember a whole lot. I know that I have. Because I, you know, as a kid, I was a wrestling fan. So I'm sure that I got, like, t-shirts and action figures and all that. But the only one that I remember for sure is that I got the WWF trivia game from the, like, in the 90s. So it had, like, Vader on the front, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, I think Mankind in Austin, something like that. So I remember really liking that and not being like, oh, cool, like, you know, let me test my trivia kind of thing and stuff. But I don't remember ever being, like, wowed all that much. And I don't get anything wrestling-related, you know, any of these past, like, dozen years. You'd really think that I would, even now, you know, knowing that you're older, but people know that that's the one thing I enjoy. I'm surprised I don't get more wrestling gifts these days. I can't remember being, like, floored by a surprise gift as a kid. I know that there's pictures of me with a WCW action figure ring, and... When I got a little older, I got like the Bret Hart DVD for Christmas. I remember that being really cool and the Ric Flair DVD for Christmas, but none of it was like, oh, it's so surprising and so rad. Rad. Look at that. You're advertising the kids. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, children. Yeah, I, I can't recall anything in particular. Just again, probably just due to my poor memory at this point in time. But nothing that really stands out to me. I'm sure I definitely did get wrestling-related stuff in the past. Not, I never used to get like merchandise or anything, but I would have gotten DVDs or I would have gotten action figures because I used to collect them when I was a kid. So, I'm yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where, yes, I'm pretty sure I did. No, I can't remember any of them. I certainly wasn't wowed by any of them or to the point where it just it's engraved in my memory. Michael also asks us what our favorite version of the Intercontinental Championship is. We kind of talked about this a little bit on the hot tags, but um, the black strapped classic design for me. So, yeah, that would be my favorite as well. The black strap version of the one we just had, but the more traditional one held by Michaels and Brett and Savage and guys like that. That being said, and I'm going to I'm going to guess, Callum, that your favorite is the Attitude Era one. No, uh, I no. Oh no! Okay. I like the white. I like the white straps version of the classic. What do you think about uh, people just having different straps for belts to match their gear or something? I think different colors are good because it makes things different. <laughs> it you don't need to like I I know Tony's obviously so firmly entrenched on the black strap, black strap, black strap. It's not. I I prefer the fact that some of them have different colors. See, I want people to have different colors if it works with their character. I don't want it to just be like cruiserweight thing. Okay, purple strap. I would want it to be like Bray Wyatt's got a different belt because it's Bray Wyatt. Well, the two of like, has a purple strap because that's their brand color. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't need to be. But it that's is the thing. Like, yeah. so by that rationale, so every every like, company's br- so their so their brand color should be black to make it black. No, they shouldn't have anything to do with the brand color. 
you just shouldn't have to at the very least. At least not for like the main strap thing. Like you can have, I mean, like if you check on um, Sportskeeda, I had done a thing before of like different ways to do the Universal Championship where I felt thought like, again, uh, with this whole blue strap uh, Universal title, to me, a black strap title that has the exact same design as what the WWE Championship is, but that little red swoosh, you make that blue. And that's all you need to do to make it go, okay, that's the blue brand's thing. It's just a little blue swoosh. And it's a little classier and stuff. But I like the idea of it being more so like the titles are just the titles the way that they are. And then if you want to add a little bit of character to it, you do it for the characters, not for the brand. Because Purple Belt for 205 Live, well, Tony Nese had it, Drew Gulak had it, Leah Rush had it. It's not anything special. It's just a purple belt. But, but I think but that's okay because it's, again, like purple for that brand and for those people meant something. So I think it works. I don't feel like it means anything. I feel like it just means that once the purple one. Like, what's the green on the 24-7 title mean? Economy friendly. It's just green because they didn't have a green one. You know, they don't have a I, yellow one right now. Like, should they just make like, you know, the next championship is just like a yellow strap because that's the color that's left and then an orange one. And then, you know, like, no, I don't think we're going through the colors of the rainbow. I think I think they are. <laughs> the Otherwise, why is the 24 seven title? You know, the women have white straps. That makes sense to me. And the Intercontinental title strap was white, presumably because Cody wanted it that color and he paid for it. Um, uh, when Goldust had it, it was gold. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but see, that was because that fit his character. It wasn't because he was on the gold brand, and it just had to be gold. You, I think you're like, emphasizing too much on the brands. They only do that for the cruiserweight title and for whatever the universal title is, and that's only because they're lazy and, the and didn't want to tag titles. Well, yeah, but that you have to because otherwise, there's no differentiating those two titles need an overhaul completely because they're giant nickels they they evolve from pennies to nickels but i don't want that well like like put it this way would you rather bray wyatt be carrying around the blue title because he's on smackdown and they needed to make it blue or would you rather bray wyatt have a title that fit bray wyatt and the fiend i'd rather the universal title be completely separate from the WWE title but since it's not, I'd rather the blue title, the blue brand title be blue because otherwise there's literally no separating the one from the other. No, I'm, uh, well, I'm saying if you had the opportunity to make it something that fit the fiend. I think maybe I'm not, not that it had to be the exact same thing as the WWE title. But I think those things are stupid. Like, look at what happened the last time they gave us a character specific belt. They just ended up keeping it for 10 years. Well, they gave Daniel Bryan a custom belt. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. Oh, I forgot about Bryan. Fuck. I, I, like, I, like I Naomi like, with yeah. a glowing title, I thought was a really cool idea that they should have done. Yeah, I, I like the idea of adding custom elements to, and I know that's kind of what the side plates are there for, but to add more custom elements to the base design of the belt, they should do that more often with characters. But then again, they only have about two or three billion dollars in the bank so they can't really afford to keep yeah. changing the titles over <laughs> and over again 
So, but I, I, I preferred the white tie because I just thought it made it stand out more. And the Incredible has always been my favourite championship. What do you think of the new design? It's good, but it just it, I think I pretty much follow what you guys were saying before. It's 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 a really good design. It's for the one belt they didn't need to redesign. Yeah, <laughs> and they decided to do that one. I'm not saying that, that definitely. I can't say they made it better, but they certainly made another great looking Intercontinental Championship belt. I just wish they would do it with the belts that need it more than the Intercontinental title did. I tell you what, I'd even be cool. I I like. I'm a part of the rarity. I like the WWE Championship right now with the big WWE logo. But even if they got rid of that and this Intercontinental Title, what's the WWE Championship? I'd like that. You know. Yeah, it's like, a very prestigious looking belt. There's nothing that makes this feel like it needs to be any particular title. It's just a good looking belt. So it didn't need to be the Intercontinental Title. And if you change intercontinental on there and you write tag team this could have been the new tag team titles and i would have been like oh my god that's great you know the tag okay, titles will have a brown strap because uh, they probably think tag teams are duty now they'll have the raw and the smackdown colors but they'll probably be some ugly ass uh actual like the plating would be terrible instead of spartans it's the poop emoji because Vince couldn't <laughs> care about that. <laughs> it's two thumbs up or something. And let's round things out with Frankie's questions. What are yeah, some of your kids? <laughs> what are some of your favorite WWE conspiracy theories? If someone told you one of them that you would know for sure, which one would you pick? Um, I tried to Google conspiracy theories, and I came across a bunch that I thought were really funny. One of them, uh, being that like. Ah, uh, you know what? I won't get it on the air. That's that's a whole other discussion. But like, um, just go through a whole discussion about uh a lot of different things. Another one of them that um that I thought was really funny that I came across was that the Saudi Arabia deal is a money laundering scheme. And I was like, you know what? That's like I don't buy into that, but at the same time, huh? <laughs> like, you, know? you never uh, know. I love the conspiracy theory that. Vince McMahon had sent people like Vince Russo and Hulk Hogan to WCW to sabotage it from the inside. I don't that's buy into one. it, but I, I think that that's really fun. No, I, I, don't, I don't believe them for a second. That's the case for many of the conspiracy theories, but it's a fun kind of idea to toy around because at the very least, there's, there is evidence that that did happen at least one point when uh, in, at a more corporate level. When Stuart Snyder, who was like a former like main director in, uh, I think he, he well in WWF circles or in actually no, he used to be kind of a higher up executive on the, uh, not WCW but Turner side of things, and then he came over to WWF for a little while in between 2000 and 2001 as a, a another high executive, and then he left to go rejoin Turner. Funnily enough, in that time, WWF purchased WCW, so read into that what you will. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. Stuart Snyder sucks. He He's just a terrible business person who not only killed WCW, but arguably Cartoon Network. So up yours, Stuart Snyder. Uh, for me, I love and hate the Montreal theories. 
that it was all at work. And, um, you know, Vince told Brett, go get your money and I'm going to be a heel and it'll be great. Mostly, I don't think it's true. Mostly because I fully believe it when somebody like Bruce Pritchard says, yeah, but Vince thought he was going to be a babyface coming out of that. He thought people were going to love him because he defended the company. Yeah, I'd, I I agree that Vince would have thought that as well, and then did what he did what he's he's pretty famous for, which is taking a situation that went completely against what he originally thought and making gold out of it. Yep. Uh, the story around the death of the original Ultimate Warrior. Oh, is, <laughs> is always a good one because let's face it, we all know that's bullshit because he came back and. Uh, that was the same, same dude. Yeah, it's the same dude. But it, it's still just like a funny thing to think about that because a guy came out after the Owen Warrior had been out for a little while wearing a essentially a bodysuit to try and make up for the fact that he'd lost a lot of muscle definition in the time that he was off. And, and then just assume, oh, that clearly can't be the same guy because, you know, bodies don't change. It's Carrie Von Erich. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's lots of crappy ones too. Like, there's a lot of those. You know, this person's not that real person. It's one of the stupid ones that I had come across was I believed as a kid that uh, the fake Undertaker was the real one and the fake Kane was actually the real Undertaker and all this other kind of crap that went along with that. And, uh, you know, there's issues of like. Um, people going around and, and saying that certain people that had quote unquote died that that's all a work and it's like that's like come on they're not doing that like oh yeah macho man is totally hanging out on a beach in the bermuda triangle with the uh, elvis eating a sandwich yeah <laughs> tupac's right there too oh uh, yeah there's the macho man conspiracy theory oh yeah. how do we not talk about that you know well, the whole stephanie we, thing yeah it, it's 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 a, a a touchy subject Changing my answer. If that's a real thing, I want to be a fly on the wall for that. I don't want to be a fly on the wall. I don't want to. That'd be great. I don't want to see that. Because you have to know that if that happened, Vince heard about it and totally fucking confronted him. I'd rather be able to fly on the wall for the confrontation. Yeah. I'd fundamentally say along the lines of, I don't believe that it happened. Right. But there is always the talk about what, how Randy Savage was the one guy that never came back. But I also think that that's bullshit, because I think he would have, because right as he died, everybody was starting to come back. No, but I don't say, I don't think it was, well, the argument would be that it wasn't down to him that he didn't come back, it would be down to Vince why he wouldn't come back, and what what could he have done that would have made Vince not want to bring him back? Because Vince brings everybody back. But I think Again, though, if it was back. really all that bad, then why would he have been signing off that he goes into the Hall of Fame to begin with instead of just like, no, it's not fucking happening? Yeah. Because you know it didn't. Like, no, there, there's didn't no way. So it's like it probably was just a matter of the two people didn't get in touch with each other and like they probably had a falling out. It probably wasn't too serious in the grand scheme of things. And then time passes, and I mean, shit, yeah, how much time passes, Buffire, you just kind of go like, oh man, like I haven't talked to this person from high school, and it's been like six years, or eight years, or 20 years, or whatever it is, you know? Like, well, Randy was on his way back, didn't he do the um, 
he did promotion for a video game right before he died. Yeah, but that's one thing. That's yeah, not Yeah, but that's usually the door opening to... for like like Warrior came back with that shit. Yeah, but that could have been like months in the making and then, you know, slow transition type stuff. Like if if Randy would have lived another three years, maybe he would have been back and it would have been, you know, water under the bridge. I don't think that there's any kind of like main there, there's that's the thing. Zero is that, to that one though. Like Frankie's second part of that, which if you could know one of these things for sure, what would you pick? It would be that. Because I would want to just know for sure why there was that issue and then be able to be like, okay, definitively it wasn't that. Everybody could just like, you know, put that aside. I think it's one of those things where the 90s wasn't what we have today where you can find somebody and keep in touch with somebody so easily. So when they went their separate ways, they just completely lost touch. There's a couple that I think are one of the, those like types of conspiracy theories that I wouldn't buy into at all that are like, I don't even know why they would necessarily catch on, but um, some of them being like uh, that Daniel Bryan was actually cleared, but that they wouldn't clear him because they didn't want that to get in the way of Roman Reigns' push. It's like, that's not going to be, no. Why would they shoot themselves in the foot like that? There's weird, less theory and more like a rumor that like Ric Flair was supposed to pop out of the egg at Survivor Series, that they wanted that to be a thing. Yeah, it was him and then it was the Undertaker and then it was... Well, Taker cleared that one up that he thought he was going to be the Eggman. <laughs> oh, I'm a be Eggman. <laughs> I'm a be shower boy. <laughs> it would be good to try and clear up all these JBL bullying rumors. Yes. To just see how far he went with some of these things. And to that, also to that extent, it would be good to see some of these conspiracy theories, like try and prove these conspiracy theories about uh, Wrestler Court and how that actually goes down. You know, yeah, you know, cool. it's a good one. The, uh, the Shawn Michaels military incident, because everybody has like a different story. Some people say it was one dude. Some people say like five guys jumped Shawn, but it was actually one guy. So there's some around like Shawn Michaels getting into fights that I'd like to see cleared up. Yeah, JR addressed that on a recent podcast and he was saying that it's fishy that Bulldog was like stuck in the back seat. Even that. though that's what everybody says. But it's like okay, well this is that one of those weird things that just happens or is that is there something to it or you know. Maybe Bulldog was an idiot and got in the back seat. Maybe. Uh, how do you usually spend your Thanksgiving? What are some underrated or overrated foods and anything else you can think of? Um, dinner with the family, nothing all that special. How do you guys do Thanksgiving? Well, Cal we doesn't. <laughs> well, that's true. We ha- we, first of all, we have nothing to be thankful for. And second of all, you can only be thankful to us for inventing you in the first place. So, or well, Europeans Inventing. actually. <laughs> well, Amer- yeah, America. America was America is a European invention. Is a European invention. <laughs> I was just picturing like all these uh, Brits in like I, a I, laboratory being like, "Aha! I've well, I've figured out the recipe for America." <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but you guys aren't descended from like I was called like uh like Native Americans. Oh, of course not. You're no, we completely you're... pillaged and destroyed their land and all the other <laughs> horrible things that happened. That's a real that thing. Yeah. Exactly, and that's what's be- what you have to be thankful for. 
Yeah, so. it's like, you know, we got corn and smallpox. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, your what Thanksgiving is is a celebration of obviously just colonial takeover of an indigenous population. I kind of compare it to the British holiday, which is um, uh, a, a Guy Fawkes night or a bonfire night, which is basically a day where we set off fireworks and have a big celebration due to the fact that a guy unsuccessfully tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament back in the uh, 17th century. Just the like, movie would be for Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's it's one of these holidays which roots are kind of extended in something horrible that has become something enjoy, like people celebrate and enjoy. Pretty much all holidays. Yeah, yeah if you trace them back, are really kind of like they're nothing but because let's be honest, like what what holidays are now is not at all what they originally were supposed to be. Like no. Halloween is a time for people to dress up as their favorite fictional character and for girls to be slutty. That's basically what it is, and you know, eat a lot of. Hey, guys candy. can be slutty as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but nobody pays attention to that. <laughs> that's, that's fair, but okay. You're gonna see a subreddit of like uh, sexy guy costumes at Halloween? No, you know. There's but a community. If, if, I mean, yeah, I mean, have, yeah, I mean, have you even looked? That's true. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Caroline. And has. like Thanksgiving, for instance, uh, should be more looking at the candy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Thanksgiving is supposed to be, you know, the whole like colonial type of, you know, let's be, give thanks to the the idea that we like survived and all this. And it's like, what is it now? It's people going. Oh, I fucking love turkey. <laughs> it's basically what it, it it's is. It's become like I, you're supposed to sit around and gather with your family and say what you're thankful for, but really it's hey, cool, turkey and football and Macy's parade. <laughs> yeah. And Christmas is obviously there's a lot of religious tones to that, yet for the most part, it's become just like it's the one we time give gifts to each other. Good human <laughs> we gotta yeah, we like and you know what I at the risk of offending people that are religious, which, you know, celebrate whatever your religion it is, so I have no problem with it at all. Um, I like the idea of the less religious, the less... Uh, like, I don't like the 4th of July, for instance. That's not religious, but it's, it's the same kind of parallel, where, to me, I don't want to celebrate a holiday of being like, yeah, go America, we're going to shoot off fireworks and just be like, I'm going to cry because the flag means so much to me. Like, it doesn't. And that's, you know, heresy to a lot of people, especially people that like, have been in the military where they've defended the country and all this other kind of stuff. But to me, holidays mean more if they're about people. And I don't have any ties to, like, pilgrims where I'd be like, let me give thanks to the fact that our founding fathers did this or what. No, I'd rather my Thanksgiving be about, hey, you know, I'm really thankful that I have my friends in my life and that kind of thing. And my Christmas to me is not about Jesus or any of the kind of things that goes along with that, especially because I'm not really religious. But like to me, Christmas is more of like it's quiet outside. People aren't being dicks to each other as much. You're giving gifts to people that you care about to show that you love them. Like, that means so much more to me. And then when you get into Easter and people are like, it's the resurrection or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking bunny it's a that bunny hides year. eggs. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, you know, I think more should be, uh, you, let's get into the whole, like, every day is like multiple holidays. What is today, for instance? Let's see. It's like uh, National Eat a Hot Dog Day or something. Right. National Chocolate Chip Pancake Day or some bullshit. Uh, 
you're gonna you're well, gonna search now and it's gonna be something really serious <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's gonna be like you know childhood cancer day or something like that and i'm gonna be like oh, why do we celebrate the oh <laughs> you know uh actually why can't i find this national something day it's all these federal holidays which is like yeah we already know that yeah there's there's, there's a lot of these ones I'm trying to but dig around a little bit National Day mm-hmm. Calendar. Let's see what this one says. Today is, uh, you better uh, start getting into this one. It is National Taiwan On Day. I don't even know what that is. National Jukebox Day. National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. <laughs> and National Craft Jerky Day. Not even Beef Jerky Day. Craft Jerky Day. <laughs> oh, God. Do you want to know what Taiwan On Day represents? Go ahead. So, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Taiwan On Day encourages people to wrap a baked good in an apron, attach a note, and then deliver it to a neighbour. What? Essentially, <laughs> just oh, hold on. So that's decent in theory, but, but yeah, Taiwan On. Yeah, just essentially just the idea of like just tie something up in an apron and deliver it to a friend or neighbour of yours. I mean, it's not as uh, as short, but national give a, fi- a fucking pie to your friend day. <laughs> it makes more sense to me than Taiwan on day. I'm thinking this is like Taiwan you know, on. Give, give on. yourself a Windsor nod or something. <laughs> like national Bavarian cream pie. Why the fuck do we have that? Like, hey, Bavarian cream anybody... pies have feelings too. They deserve no, they don't. <laughs> Like, is anybody sitting there, uh, you know, outside of the fact that it's like, well, it's National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. Let me post my Bavarian Cream Pie because I run a business and I want to get Instagram clicks or something. Is anybody like, you know, woo, it's November 27th. It's National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. It's my favorite holiday of the year. (laughs) You know, there's at least one person that's like that. Fucking Barry. (laughs) Fucking Barry. That's insane, though. Like, uh, so to me, it's like, yeah, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. To me, I'm not going to be celebrating what Thanksgiving's supposed to be celebrating. It's just let me get uh, my family together, and I don't even do. To be honest, like, I don't even do the stuff that I wish that I would do. It's not like my family sits there and really gets like any kind of deep conversation about what we're thankful for. It's more so just like, can somebody help me out with the fucking stuffing? And like that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Now we're eating. And all right. Well, thanks for sitting around the table for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. See, I kind of, that's how it was for me most years growing up. Now I'm around so much family that it turns into this big gathering. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but can we go back to like, let's just eat this food and shut up and save the food? <laughs> yeah. You can't truly be thankful until the day after when all these people leave and you don't have to talk to them for another year. <laughs> oh, that's, see, that's the holiday right there. You get the Black Friday savings, and they're gone. Like, <laughs> I tend to think that when people do Friendsgivings, it means more. Yeah, yeah, because those people that you have that that you actually that like, are chosen the people that you're to forced, like. yeah, <laughs> the people that you're forced to just hang around with due to this terrible act of serendipity. Unfortunately, um, uh, if my parents are listening, I don't mean you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if your parents nice are listening, if they, if they stop listening. You. We're not targeting towards children. <laughs> yeah, my parents are children. That's <laughs> Essentially, I, I, I never explained to you guys, I've been Benjamin buttoning this entire time. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, my voice always seems to be so high. My age. 
Uh, Frankie also asks about the food-related stuff, like, you know, favorite foods, underrated, overrated, all that stuff. Um, obviously, Callum, you don't celebrate it, so you're not running through the same situation as we are, where it's, like, the same types of foods every year and all that. But you have a basic idea of, like, what the general uh, American Thanksgiving consists of and everything. Um, yeah, there's, there's turkey, cranberry sauce, Brussels sprouts, that type of stuff. Yeah, like, I like green bean casserole. Uh, you know, I'm cool with mashed potatoes, but to me, it's like, well, you can eat mashed potatoes at any point in the year, so why do I care? These like pecan pies and stuff like that. Yeah, pumpkin pies is like the only time of the year that I'll eat pumpkin pie. But even back in the day, like when I was a kid, I never really liked all of the Thanksgiving stuff, and I'd be like, can I just eat like some spaghetti? <laughs> can I get some pizza? That's the most Tony thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's legitimately many, many years of, like, eight-year-old Tony eating butter noodles instead of anything else, just because it's like, just make the fucking I like, some noodles instead. I like to imagine that younger Tony is a lot more, was a lot more Italian than than you are now. Just like, hey, Ma, it's Thanksgiving, but I want some, <laughs> <laughs> I want some nah. lasagna rather than, <laughs> rather than a turkey. What's weird is, I'm five things that I know of. I'm... Everybody goes straight to the Italian, but I'm also English, Polish, German, and French. Yet it's pretty much just like the Italian uh, part of me is the only thing that stands out, I guess. But I'm not really all that Italian. And it's because uh, your name's Tony. That's what the Italian. Yeah, Tony out. Mango. It's like you know that sounds like a mobster name kind of thing. It's not like uh, you know McAndrews or something like that, where you're just like okay, I'm Irish or something. But um. Yeah, like, I, I kind of wish that I had been a part of, like, just, like, a full-blooded Italian sort of situation like that, because I do have friends that are, like, full-blooded Italian, all 100% and all that, and, man, their fucking meals are just, like, absurd. It's my word of the day, apparently. Um, and if I was like that, then, yeah, I'd be all like, you know, hey, get the gabagool, and, like, that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, like, <laughs> but no, I was more so just, like, a picky-ass eater, and I'm just like, I don't want to eat, you know, corn. I want to eat. Some capellini. <laughs> Give me some buttered shells. I'd go for some steak. Yeah, I, but I can always go for steak. Steak, you can't miss. Steak's awesome. Do you got any like favorite or underrated or overrated types of reactions with foods for uh, Thanksgiving? Stuffing is really good, but it's because it's the only time of the year you eat stuffing. Oh, now are you eating stovetop or are you eating like home cooked? Uh, stovetop. Good. That's that's good. Stovetop is A+. Plus. Um, depending on who is at the Thanksgiving would depend on the food. But one year I had the fucking greatest mac and cheese. And it was just like I ate it for five days straight. It was that good. Uh, turkey is always good. If you don't if you leave it to Thanksgiving. And you don't go, oh, but it's Christmas now, we're doing a turkey, and it's New Year's Eve, and we're doing a turkey. Like, just leave it to Thanksgiving, let it be a special thing, and it's great. Um, sweet potatoes. I don't know how you guys feel about them, but I think they're delicious. Sweet potatoes are good. And, yeah, I like corn. I'm like Tony. No, I like corn, but, you know, oh. as a kid, I was just sort of okay. like, oh, it's a vegetable. Nah, younger Tony wouldn't have eaten green bean casserole either, or, you know. Green bean casserole. Younger Tony I pretty much ate like rolls. Because the... your mom has <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you little shit. 
All right, quickly, give all give younger Tony all the advice. Uh, stop complaining. Uh, <laughs> not everything is about you. Don't listen to anything um, that you're thinking about that's like, you know, you're going to be this when you grow up because <laughs> it doesn't work out. All right, you're wasting this. Invest in Apple. <laughs> Do it while you're younger. It'll pay off tremendously. Don't think that the internet is just some fad. <laughs> Which Tony probably didn't. I don't know. You mentioned the, the have a turkey all the time thing, and this just came to my mind. Um, this is a random ass side note, but uh, you know, I'll go down this road. Um, family feud. There's this great little thing that happened one time on this one episode where uh, at the end of the show, for anybody who doesn't watch Family Feud, there's like a speed round kind of thing. You have five questions, and you have to uh, try to guess, and you have to get to like a hundred. So. Two people get asked the questions and they have to kind of balance it out and all that other kind of stuff. Point being, they asked this guy, uh, it was like, um, let me try to make sure if I get the right thing because I don't want to screw that up. Um, all right. I, I, would also point out, I would also point out the family feud you get up to 200 in the final round rather than 100. Yeah. Just for the people, that, the, the people that are typing in the comments furiously right now that you got something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they're complaining about other things as well. Yeah. Get off the comments, kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, the question, Barry. yeah, fucking Barry. Uh, the first question the guy get asked gets asked is name something that you uh, take to the beach, and he goes turkey, <laughs> and then it's name something you buy at a supermarket, and he goes the turkey, and then the <laughs> third one is name something that gets stuffed, and he goes turkey. <laughs> Name a European so, country. Turkey. <laughs> so, of course, they're all laughing. They're all just like, you you fuck this all up and whatever. So they go to the, like, you know, okay, let's check to see the points. Name something that you take to the beach. You said turkey. <clears throat> Zero. Name something you buy at the supermarket. You said turkey. <laughs> <clears throat> Zero. Name something you stuff. You said turkey. And he gets like 58 or something. And he ends up like, what in the fucking game? <laughs> This is one of these random things that happen, which is so good. And now that you said turkey a bunch of times, Sarah, it's just like thinking the guy going like turkey. <laughs> like, I imagine the guy is just like thinking that for everything. Like if they would have said anything else for that third question, he would probably would have said turkey toes. Ridiculous. Uh, do you shop on Black Friday uh, online? Fuck the stores. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if if something's there that I have an interest in then yeah i'll pick something up but absolutely avoid any any physical uh shops or anything like that i did some shopping last night actually last night (laughs) like i sleep it was 6 30 in the morning uh and it's like that's cool i like the idea that black friday is not black friday anymore it's like here's like two weeks so you can just go ahead and take advantage of it while you can a lot easier uh, another question from Frankie. Did you ever used to dip your chicken nuggets into mashed potatoes as a kid? Kids were not advertised. <laughs> uh, nah, I I usually liked to eat like, mac and cheese or French fries with like chicken nuggets more so than mashed potatoes. And even if I had mashed potatoes, I wasn't really a dipper. <laughs> Random question. Yeah. Uh, what a what, like what a fucking specific 
It's like it's like it's like Frankie's asking us this for reinforcement that other people do it, not just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do know people that do it. I gotta tell you, this might just be you, bud. I've known other people that have done it. What? They're wrong. Yeah, that's what you tell (laughs) tell uh, Kid Tony. It's wrong to dip your. Chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes. Dip it in I ketchup or something. I think Kid Tony knows better. Oh, yeah. Kid Tony didn't do it either. <laughs> okay. Just well, be, then I told Kid Tony, good job. Not <laughs> well, um, no, I, I only dip uh, chicken nuggets in ketchup. You're wrong. <laughs> ketchup what? is what? wrong. Ketchup's great. Ketchup is so gross. <laughs> I have legitimately... Again, revealing this on the air because we're going on many tangents anyway. I've legitimately drunk ketchup out of the bowl. Well, you, you also say you don't like the folks. chocolate. <laughs> Your taste buds have been yeah, completely. That's gross. Uh... Yeah, that's gross. Chocolate's gross. <laughs> now, do you put ketchup on mashed potatoes? Yep. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> no, literally, you could tell me anything. I put ketchup on it. <laughs> Wait, are you one of those people that put ketchup, that puts ketchup on their eggs? Uh, I don't eat eggs, but I would do if I did, if I if I did eat them. I put catch I put ketchup on lasagna. That's how <laughs> that's how far I go in this sort of uh, stuff. All right. I put, Caroline I put, does the uh, the ketchup with pasta type stuff every now and yeah. then, like ketchup with like mac and cheese, and I'm just like, <laughs> way to ruin the mac and cheese. Yeah, just it's just a nice accompaniment to basically any food for me. I'd like it if it didn't have the tomatoes and the vinegar. Well, that would kind of just <laughs> would just be essentially just like a sugar solution on top of your food. At that point, no, not even that. Okay, I'd like it if it didn't exist. Yeah. Really quickly, I didn't plug Fanboys. I don't know. I said no transition here, but FanboysAnonymous dot com. Go check out that site. If you don't know what it is by now, go check it out. Mystery. Woo. We got one more question here for uh, Frankie. It's been over a month. What have you thought of AEW TV overall since its arrival? What would you change, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I'll put it this way. I have stopped watching AEW Dark because there's way too much stuff to uh, to watch. And every week I'm finding myself skipping through at least one segment on Dynamite. It doesn't have to be any like anything in particular. It's not like I'm like always skipping through... Uh, like a Kip Sabian match or I'm always skipping through a Riho match or anything. It's just by the time I watch NXT and then I start watching Dynamite, I'm sick of it. So I want them to be about like a half an hour shorter. The matches go on too long. And there's always like a three-quarter mark where they're having some 20-minute long match or something. And I'm just like, all right, just who fucking won, you know? I've done it with uh, I did it with Pack and Page. I didn't bother watching that whole match. I did it with Private Party against uh, somebody recently. I can't remember who. I think it was like the Dark Order or something. Um, I think they fought best friends. Might have been that. Uh, it's just like I'll watch it and I'll watch the first like two or three segments, and then I'm just like, you know what? I, I it's fucking eleven thirty. I really just kind of want to not be doing this anymore do i really want to sit through 15 minutes of no sell no sell this person's going to run really fast at the ropes and then hit a knee or something like so it's it's a little too samey for me and i wish that they would try to like 
change it up a little bit. But the visuals are great. A lot of the talent's great. And overall, I like the show. How you guys feeling? Dynamite flies by. I cover it. I cover that instead of NXT now for WrestleZone. Dynamite flies. And yes, I'll agree. A lot of it is very samey in terms of in-ring. But it's good. So you can't fully complain. And it, like I said, it really does go back fast. And that's never a bad thing. As far as dark, just because you mentioned it, I would agree with you that unless I hear that one of the main elite dudes are going to be on it or somebody I really like, I'm probably skipping it. And, yeah, what do you think, Callum? I have enjoyed the vast majority of it since it's come onto the air. Uh, I I disagree with the fact that the matches are samey. I think, but that's because I think WWE matches are samey. And that's because I feel WWE matches are very formulaic and they have the same pattern attached to them. Whereas AEW, even though it's, in terms of the style, you'd probably class it as indie-rific, it's kind of, uh, the match structure, I feel, is different, is more diverse in AEW than it is in WWE. Maybe I'm the only person that thinks that, but that's at least the impression that I get. Uh, I'm now completely sold on the idea of, if, if I wasn't before, of you cu- you shouldn't do scripted promos. Oh, that I'll give you. Because yeah, AEW, so AEW's better. promos have been miles better than pretty much anything that WWE's put on this year, apart from the odd couple of bits and pieces that they've done. AEW's, uh, the character work is great. It needs some development in certain places. I agree with Tony. The matches, on the whole, are far too long in most places. I think they're maybe resting on the laurels too much with the long matches, and maybe they should like cut a couple of matches a bit short and put another match in instead to aid with the flow of the program. But I think that's also due to the fact that they have a lot of talent that is starting to work together or isn't super experienced working on a like a crowd this big or through a television audience. So they're trying to give them time to develop. Like it's the idea with like Britt Baker's green in the ring, but she needs to have long matches to get better. And But they don't do house shows. So where else can she learn to get better other than on your main TV show or, or on dark? So they need to maybe adjust that thing, whether they do add some kind of touring schedule where they work like two not an extra two nights a week somewhere. Work just one to get some more experience. Yeah, yeah, just to get just to give some people a bit more experience so they are up to the level that you want them to be. But I th- the one thing that I love about AEW both and it's mainly not so much for NXT, but the, the uh, Raw and SmackDown. The crowd is just so into everything. Yeah. The crowds in this, they, they, they're coming out because the, they want to see a great show. And it, it's, it's kind of got to this point. And it's not all WWE's fault because at the end of the day, like fans should, if fans are paying their money to go to the ticket, they shouldn't just go there to want to shit on the product. I agree. But... They've conditioned. They've got into a state where they kind of not so much feel like they have to, but it's almost like an uphill battle for them. Whereas with AEW, it's so much more. The crowd is just so ready to have a great night and is going to try and have a great night, however possible. So even if the match they're watching isn't up to great standards, they'll be polite about it and they'll try and get into it and they'll try and get them to like see if they can deliver a great match by the end of it. Like especially with some of the women's matches I've seen. 
and a few other like of the tag team matches which are a bit more like low key to a more of a low key level crowd has really elevated those matches to levels that they shouldn't really be at on their own and so, that happens a lot in wrestling like you'll see a good WWE match today even a so-so one can be greatly elevated by a crowd that wants to see this match and gets super into it. I think a lot of the fans have adopted this mindset of hijacking the shows. And that's really been a cancer in WWE programming. And AEW being the fresh alternative doesn't have that right now. And that's definitely a plus. And I would add just in terms of people that have stood out for me for AEW TV, Jericho is is the greatest right now. Just, is this Jericho's best run? It has to last a little bit longer to get to that territory, but I, I think if it continues at this rate for another six months to a year, then I probably would class it around about that at that level. Uh, Cody's a great baby face. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jungle Boy because he, he just seems to have something about him that it means that he's going to be a star at some point. Uh, I'm really liking the stuff they're doing with um. Uh, well, Puck and Hangman Page they need to have a bit more character work associated with them. But I'm enjoying their matches. Moxley's great. There, Darby there's... Allen. Darby Allen's a fucking star. Darby, yeah, Darby Allen has a lot of upside to him. I think. I think the tag team division in general, Scorpio Sky in particular, is really impressive, and is flourishing in in this sort of role. Uh, Phoenix in particular as well. well. Phoenix and Pentagon, but Phoenix in particular, I think this sort of platform for him is just perfect right now. And but there are people obviously that haven't impressed me. I'm not a fan of the Brandy Rose Olsen Kong thing they've got going on right now. I don't think that they've that they're pushing Sean Spears too hard for what he can actually provide to the company. And these there, there are certain characters like Jimmy Havoc and. Joey Janela are a few bits and pieces that have potential, but they just don't seem to have a direction right now. But overall, I've been happy with the shows. Unrelated, but I, NWA Power, I'm officially like, no, you went too far in the goofy, this is an 80s parody direction. They, they This last episode was definitely... I mean, it was a backward step, but I'm pretty sure, based on the feedback that I've saw people talking about, it was it was essentially a clip show to make up for the fact that they're re-editing the future episodes to try and get Jim Cornette out of everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was so essentially a clip show. Essentially, one line about one line from a, a, like something that should have been like be eradicated at this point in time, or at least should could have just easily been edited out because you know what you're getting with Jim Cornette. Like a line that could have easily been edited out has now completely derailed that entire promotion eight episodes in. It's a, it's a shame because I was enjoying the like the first few episodes of it, but yeah, it's like it, you get what you pay for with Jim Cornette. Yep. Yeah. So thumbs up, thumbs down for a couple different things here and there. They are still learning. They're, yeah, they're not perfect. Uh, eight, they're certainly not perfect. Eight. AEW is doing doing pretty damn well for what could have been a train wreck, and 
they have some way to go, but I mean, like overall, like I I like the product. Quite We're a bit. still covering the pay per views, so that should tell you something. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm very, <laughs> and I'm very happy that their ratings have remained very stable as well, around about the eight hundred to a million mark, eight hundred thousand to a million mark. It, it shows that there's there's a sustainable audience there. Very curious to see what the ratings are tonight because I'm expecting. Well, we're, we'll see it tomorrow, but uh, actually, we probably won't see it tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving, so it's not going to be like it's going to. You know, the ratings will come out later, but um, if, I'm expecting it, AEW to win again, and I'm curious if it's going to be like a big gap or a tinier one. I, I'm I'm almost assuming that NXT will win this time just because of the Survivor Series, Rob. I don't know, man. AEW is running a strong show tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's going to be, it, it will definitely be close. I mean, last week's one was ridiculously close, and that was with the main roster people on the NXT show. So uh, I, I think it's up in the air, this one. We'll essentially see if all of this build-up towards Survivor Series has an impact going forward, or it was just... just in that, in that, in that, yeah, it was just that in the bubble moment, and it's not going to have any sustainable like follow on from that. But it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So those are your mailbag questions. Thank you again for submitting this. And uh, if you did not get a chance to send in some kind of a question or anything that you want to kind of mull over and ask us the next time around, go ahead and do that because eventually we're going to do the December one sometime around the end of December. Not oh exactly my God. Sure it's when. December. Pretty much. Oh, so, no. you know, a couple of weeks from now, we're going to do that and we'll do it the week before we do the awards. So I don't know, three weeks from now, something like that. It might even be two weeks from now, depending on what we're able to do. But yeah, we got that. Um, Oh, it can't be two weeks from now, two weeks from now is TLC. So we'll figure it out. Um, we'll do it somewhere down the line. So think of the questions that you want to ask us. Send it whenever you want to. I'll backlog it if you send it earlier. And then we'll answer any of those kind of questions that we get around to it in the December edition. But that's the November ones. Um, I did my plugs mostly, although I've got a couple other things to mention. Um, I'll, I'll throw it out there right now. Just the Champs Giving is going on right now. Uh, I had said in the Mega Maniacs group chat that RVD and Jeff Hardy are completely tied and they keep being tied every time that I check it. So instead of me having round five up already, I've been kind of just hanging around, letting that be like a couple more votes. So I don't know are how that's going to play out. Are you doing a podcast on that when it ends? Yeah, next week, that, that'll be the game plan is reviewing the whole tournament, talking our thoughts about that, unless something weird happens. But like, uh, by the time that uh, Thanksgiving, then I'll have round five up because even if it ends up being a tie, then you know what? Screw it. I'll just put down something weird on the bracket and we'll figure it out. So vote while you can on that. Vote on round five when that's up. Pay attention to that. SmartGuyMoment.com, FanboysAnonymous.com, the Patreon, the merch shops, that stuff. And I'm going to pass the baton and the stuffing and all the other kind of stuff over to these guys. Callum? So, a big thing, as per usual, 2001 and Wrestling Odyssey. This week we will be recording the November edition of the podcast, where we go back in time to the year 2001 and check out all the news and events that were happening in that time. Back in history, when WWF became a monopoly for the first time ever and stuck with it for a good 18 years from that point on. 
Uh, so we're looking at Survivor Series 2001 is going to be like the big talking point, but there's a lot of other news that I'm still currently like just cobbling together in terms of format. And yeah, so I think it'll be an interesting episode. So it's well worth checking out as then, but you should also be going back if you haven't already and listening to all the previous editions that me and Robert put together. So, yep. So check out 2001 Wrestling Odyssey. Go to smartcamo.com and read the power rankings alongside all the other weekly articles. I contributed to the triple, triple threat this week as well. So you can see me on two articles this week. And Hell follow yeah. me on Twitter. Yeah. And follow me on Twitter at weekmeister14. And first of all, 2001 Wrestling Odyssey is great. And this has been Callum's pet project all year. And you should go check it out. And for me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. Check out everything I'm doing over at eWrestling News, WrestleZone.com, and Fightful. And have a great Thanksgiving and pass the fucking gravy. Yeah, very much so, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate it. If you don't celebrate it, happy Thanksgiving to you as well, because we just did the whole discussion about how you don't need to celebrate particular things based off of the countries and whatever. Happy National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. Make sure you tie one on and whatever the fuck the other ones were. I don't know. And (laughs) And if you're going around the table, you better thank Smart Cat Moment first because, hey, we give you hours and hours and hours of entertainment and Tony is losing his mind. So donate to the Patreon. (laughs) Losing my mind and my pulse. But I am very, very thankful for every one of you for listening and all your support in whatever ways that you guys do show your support. So, again, thank you, and have a happy and safe holiday weekend and all the other kind of stuff that goes along with that. We will see you when we see you, everybody. But this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out. Ah!